Hello, people of the internet. I extend a limp. Hello, arm. You can't Why see. Why are you limp? I don't know. I was trying to mirror Tony Khan, but there's not enough frame. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to pull back. You need to get very excited. You need to modulate your voice. And then when you do the handshake, you need to do the exaggerated ah, big old oh, I don't over know. handshake. When he when he first walked out for the for the new Japan announcement, he just gave this like really wet noodle hello fans like arm wit rays that was just it was odd to me anyway welcome to tim and joel call in the ring we're going to talk about wrestling not just tony arms limp arms <laughs> I, I thought this was the tony limp arms podcast what are we doing here it could be but you playing well you know what if you don't want to leave your limp arms here then you can leave a thumbs up it can be limp too i don't care do the orange, yeah, orange cassidy orange game. cassidy Either way, uh, leave it on, leave a thumbs up on the video and you can leave a comment here on youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Subscribe to the channel because you know what? We're almost at 13,000 subscribers, uh, which is something that I would love to get to. I don't know. I, listen, if I could get there by the end of this month, I would be over the moon. I don't expect it, but surprise me, internet, come through. And uh, hey, why not join our Discord? There's a link in the description of the video. It's always there. We're always talking wrestling. We're always hanging out, even when I'm in a remote basement location that no one can get to. Still there, eh? Uh, for another day. And uh, then your <laughs> super chats. You can send us your super chats. It's that little dollar sign gimmick over on the uh, the YouTube chat. It uh, lets you support us a little bit further. Uh, we are fully self-sufficient, self-funded, as I say. Therefore, when you give us your money, it goes to the right places. Tim, there was a lot of wrestling on this week. So much wrestling. There's always so a lot of wrestling. Much. Never ends. I don't. I don't. There's so. There's too much to watch. I remember yep. none of it. Yeah, because that's. The, I just have to speed watch it. If I miss, if I miss a day, I it, I'll never catch up, and it just it becomes a pain in the butt. Honestly, I wish there were like ten different companies that each had one show, one two-hour show. That they just put all of their energy into. Uh, uh, and I could just pick and choose between the companies and a, and a core roster, just enough people to make it, you know, make sense for two hours a week. But here we are. So maybe what we should do on Fightful Overbooked is every week we sit down and we can do hits and misses, but instead of hits and misses, we do a two hour show where we pick the must see matches of the week where where we take all of the best pieces from all of the shows and just make one good show because that's how much actual good stuff i feel like happens per week i have seen enough content and copyright claims for one week i do not need to make this a weekly occurrence i don't know what the rules are man nobody does that's youtube anyway let's continue on there was so much this week so i mean listen between Raw being a pretty good show this week, I would say. I was entertained for a lot of it. Uh, Dynamite delivered. I have some some feelings towards some of the stuff and the way that they kind of, again, continue to move things very, very quickly that I can't remember shit that's going on the next some, day. Some stuff very quick, some stuff exceedingly slow. Uh, uh, yes. Julie Hart. <laughs> we'll get to that. And, yeah, and, and yeah, we'll yeah. get to, to long-term storytelling and what long-term storytelling really is. Isn't, isn't. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Impact, for actually doing uh, the long-term storytelling thing last night at Rebellion. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, at Rampage, they kind of fixed that whole way too fast thing because they're actually able to slow it down yeah. when they talk about what's coming up on, on Dynamite because they're only fixated on the one show, and that's Dynamite coming up on Wednesday. 
and then SmackDown was uh... yeah. It was here, and then it was done. Thankfully, it was done. Do we? So, where do we want to start? What's what's fun? And then, of course, we'll talk a little bit about the Forbidden Door show that you and I talked about last week, being mm. the major announcement. And of course, that came to be. Uh, that they're going to do the show in June, not in August, as I had said, I think, oh. on the podcast. Erroneously. Whoa, how you, know, you were so can... wrong. Wow. Yeah, because I am the scoopster here on Fightful. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm known for. That's why 150,000 people follow me on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrong again, Joel. That's why you're a very wealthy again. man, you know. Yeah, exactly. People saying, let's end with Forbidden Door. We tried that last week with the TNT title talk, and we got like 30 seconds. So be careful what you wish for. Let's start. Uh, you want to start with Rampage? Or, sorry, you want to start with Dynamite Talk, I should say? Yeah, sure. Let's go. I feel, like, Let's do I feel that. like that was the most memorable. And again, when we do this show, we don't always go like beat for beat when it comes to the matches. We, we just talk about the stuff that we like. Um, I mean, right off the bat, the opening match with Dustin Rhodes and CM Punk, to me, good little match. Not little, but it was a good match that had a lot of uh, just classic wrestling style wrestling in it. A good pro wrestling match at the end of the day. Punk gets the victory as expected. Uh, Dustin Rose looks good, is a trainer, continues to look good. And I need JR to stop telling people that they're young when they are, in fact, in their 50s. Like, that's the thing. That's not a, that's not like a trope that I, I've never in my life heard like an, a, a modestly like old man call like a, a very much middle aged, like late middle aged man a young man as like a gag. And if it is a gag, it's so boring. Like, I, I think I, it's. It's an old wrestling gag. That's all it is. But it's getting a little bit weird. It's constant. Like, Everyone's why? a young man to Jr. And it's like Jr. I don't. I don't care. Like, I mean, everyone in that company is younger than Jr. Except for maybe. I can't think. No, I think everyone might be older than J- or younger than Jr. Yeah. Anyway, he's Hold there. On, now he's, I gotta think about this. He's I, <laughs> is he even that? Like, how old is Jr.? JR is his 60s. He's mid 60s. Yeah. So he's like, he's not like in his 70s or 80s. Like, screw off. <laughs> like, if he was in his 70s and 80s and doing this gig every week, I would have a lot more respect. I mean, but I feel is like... he doing it? Is he doing this gig every week? He's present, but my God, like he's physically traveling there. Yeah. That's one thing. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I ain't feeling JR's commentary anymore. Either way, they're still teasing Punk versus Hangman. I, again, is this the double or nothing match? Feels that way. You got a month left until you can tie that together and and get to Hangman and Punk. Uh, what do you think? Is, is I think they the throw match? some arbitrary forbidden. Wait, double or nothing is before Forbidden Door. Yes, it is. Yes, it's okay. end of May. What do they do? I guess they just build it. They figure out what the story is here because I don't know what it is. You got two face. You got face versus face. Well, that's the thing. Do we continue to have CM Punk as the face? Does he start doing little heel things as? All of these CM Punk TV matches continue. He seems to sell a part of his body in the match. Sometimes the knee, sometimes the leg itself, sometimes the arm, whatever it is. Does that play into a subtle cheat or a heel turn that maybe gets us a little closer to CM Punk winning the AW World Championship or Heyman Page overcoming Punk's attempt and uh, and defending his title? Here's the, yeah, I think, one, CM Punk worked better as a heel. So all you got to do, uh, to get this from here to there is, yeah, he's selling a part of his body every week. He cuts a promo and he's just like, you know what? I want to be champion. I'm not a young man anymore. I'm going to do what it takes. And then, he, you know, boom, there he starts doing heel stuff. He starts winning. He keeps winning, but like with less agony <laughs> week in, week out. And then he 
you know, I, I, at this point, I'm surprised to say this, but I, I, I'd be happy to have CM Punk to take the title from Hangman. I think there needs to be a bit more movement. I don't want to see these long, long title reigns for everybody in AEW. Um, I want to see that title bounce around a little bit more. It certainly feels like they're kind of wanting to go back to Punk versus MJF with higher stakes. And that's fine uh, yeah, by me. Yeah, same. And I don't think Hangman's title reign has been um, a failure by any no, means. No, 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 no. Every time Hangman puts up that title, it's a it's a fun match. It's a good match. It's a brutal match, too. Like, he's bled in almost every title defense he's had. There's been some sort of gimmick attached to it, uh, to each big defense that he's had. Um, and, and I fear that if somebody takes the title off of him soon, like CM Punk, that's going to be the immediate take. Like, oh, Hangman was a bust as champion. When in reality... Uh, I don't think so at all. I think it's no, elevated a, to a certain degree. Exactly. He had a bunch of de- decent mans- matches. My God. Uh, he's got a quite a bit of career left ahead of him. Like, I think his character just needs to keep growing and developing. And I don't think it's going to do much with him as a babyface champion right now. Like, I think he's done what he can with the belt. The biggest part of this was the journey to get there. His character grew through that. Let him grow through some grud- grudge matches and some other stuff. And I'll add to that, you know, in wrestling, there's the old adage that there's the title makes the man or the man makes the title. Currently, the title's making the man further. If you have CM Punk win the title, well, then the man is going to continue to build and make the title to when he passes it off to someone like MJF, let's say, then the title is going to make the man once again. There is opportunity here to use that title in a proper way, which other companies don't always get. And that's not a jab at anyone in particular, but uh AEW seems to have found a pretty good way of making their at least their AEW world title mean something. Yeah, and I mean, and I'll yeah. Give them that. yeah, and like, look, in terms of the title makes the man, Miro was a good case study in that, in that he came in with kind of a character that didn't really work. Um, he got the title after he stopped playing games, uh, started developing a better character, and you know, he's laid up or doing a TV show or something now, but like, he'll be back. He's still got a solid character that's interesting. Um, to the point where he didn't need the title, dropped the title. That title's kind of gone nowhere since then. But, like, you know, it made a big deal. He needed that title to transition to who he is now, I think. so. Yeah. And, and, and I see in the chat they're talking about, you know, the return of Kenny Omega. I feel like right now there may have been a pivot with Adam Cole and the Forbidden Door stuff. It feels like Kenny's involvement is going to be in this whole Bullet Club elite thing that's going on. Um, and again, we don't know when Kenny's coming back. I, no one's really saying that it's going to be very soon. In fact, people are saying he still has other surgeries and, and other rehab to go through in order to come back. But uh, if you bring him on just as a character, as an on-screen character, non-wrestling, uh, I think the money right now is him and Adam Cole in the Bullet Club uh, Civil War storyline. Who's the bullet daddy? Yes. Jay White? I don't know. He's King Switch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Bullet Club. Who's in charge? You'll learn. Who do I write I to? I am in charge. <laughs> okay. Yes. <yeah. laughs> the uh, the people sending super chats, they're the ones who are in Bullet Club. So there you go. Send your money and you get it. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club, Blackpool Country Club, they uh, took on, who'd they take on? Wheeler Yuta, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, Brock Anderson. No, Wheeler Yuta's part yeah, of Wheeler Yuta's. I don't know. This felt pretty Country Club this week. It wasn't like, you know, they did the all together beat down slot with their yeah. gentle fake, fake combat it's like this didn't work for me this week it's it's good i like this stable this was a holding week i feel like it wasn't anything that really added to it i do like wheeler's new pants i was gonna point it out i really hate separate entrances 
it feels weird and it's almost it like feels it, it doesn't it doesn't elevate the faction like it doesn't do i don't care that they all come out i know everyone wants to shake ass to brian danielson's theme and everyone wants to do the the wild thing uh and then wheeler yuda but like wheeler yuda's music <laughs> is really like inconsistent with who's this character who this character now is so like yeah. i feel like they need a faction it it almost feels like Yuta and Brian coming out together makes sense because they're similar genre of wrestler. And yeah. then you bring out Mox from the side and he's sure. just like there to do his thing. I'm fine with that. I don't think we need to bring out all three at, at different times. It just kind of kills time and, and takes away a little bit from the flow of the show, in my opinion. I agree with you there. That's the thing. like there's it's already they're they're jamming so much into these shows. They have a big thing. Like do faction entrances when you can. Like I love them. I, I like it when it makes it feel more meaningful. Because right now, it was just yeah, it was a six man, whatever. Yeah, it was fine. And then we got the announcement for the Forbidden Door, uh, the Forbidden Door show with New Japan. So I really, I really love it. All of a sudden, Adam Cole gets to make the announcement. He's like, I got to do some biz, some other things. <laughs> yeah. After the, the backstager with the uh, undisputed elite. So, so I think a lot of people are going to get tied up on like the New Japan champions taking on the AEW champions and other forms of matchups like that are one-on-one -on -one for this Forbidden Door event. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of faction warfare like multi-man tag matches, you'll have a few like singles matches that are going to be fun. But remember who these two companies are, and you know if they're quote you know serious sports and their titles mean something. I don't see New Japan being like, oh yeah, our champion's going to take on your AEW champion, and then everyone's going to be hunky dory with the result. So yeah, I, I, again, I, I, it's the expectation tempering that comes with pro wrestling. Yeah, and like Bullet Club, I think they're, they're they're anchoring it in Bullet Club. It looks like so yeah, we'll do some stuff with that. Like, which is strange, by the way, because Bullet Club has not been hot in years when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I wouldn't know. <laughs> well, and that's fair. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing to being introduced to more wrestlers who I hopefully remember. Uh, so far, of the New Japan crew, the people that I remember, uh, Minoru Suzuki and Eiji. Yeah. And like that's not because I just saw Ishii on Friday. Like I, I remembered him legitimately. Like he was not an unfamiliar face because the last match he put on was good. So yeah. And, and for those who watched Impact Rebellion last night, he and Jonah had an absolute slugfest. And they, they again, Tomohiro Ishii has wonderful hard-hitting matches, just stiff matches, and they're fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see why you would be attracted to 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 him as a performer and and a memorable face because he is a memorable looking character yeah and like i just i every time i i do kind of flip into new japan like you know i have not spent a lot of time and i just remember like my takeaway ends up being there is a lot of black briefs and knee pads and i don't remember who's who because like yeah big big factions and yeah it, that's um with the black trunks and the and the black knee pads, a lot of the time that comes down to one of two things. One, some of the wrestlers are very much just like, I am a wrestler. Exactly. Which like which is not interesting to me in the slightest because right. it's a fake sport. And the <laughs> other side, the other side is that they the way that they train their young lines, as they call them, they they build them down or they beat them down to build them up. And part of the, the building up is that when they teach you the foundations they then have you dress in black trunks, black boots and everything until you go out on excursion, yeah. which is basically working any company you want. And that's where you get a character, build a character and become 
different and separate yourself from the pack. It's a really cool, albeit sometimes dated feeling system. But yeah, yeah, uh, like all that I, sounds I see where you're coming from. interesting, like totally. It's just I clearly I haven't been exposed to the people who have developed who they are. <laughs> like I just end up watching mid carders or like low cards, low card stuff. And I'm, I get confused. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I fully understand that. So again, I mean, that's how Minoru Suzuki dresses. But it's just like I don't like I, I'm mostly interested by the murder grandpa thing. So far, all he looks like is Ric Flair to me. <laughs> Oh no, with a lot less allegations behind him. Yeah, uh, yeah, a better, a superior Ric Flair. He just comes out, he chops a bunch of people. We pretend he's scary, and then it ends. Like he does a good job. I like his stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, fun. Butcher and Wardlow have a match again. We're. What I thought we think? were heating up Butcher for something. <laughs> no, all you did was have him win one match so that he can have this match against Wardlow. Dumb. <laughs> The story here is MGF and Wardlow. Like, yes, Butcher, and I'm, I'm glad sorry, he's not there yet. What I, I'm glad they changed it up. They have him come in. He's handcuffed. He does his little match. Like, what? That's fine. This was a welcome change. They aren't continuing down the same road they did for three weeks in a row. Exactly. Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Jungle Boy have a match. Jungle Boy loses the match after the match. Chris Cage comes out. And he's like, get you next time, pal. It was fine. And Kyle O'Reilly getting the win kind of surprised a lot of people. I, I, I was. I had a feeling it was going to go that way. And I'm glad they made that decision because jungle boy doesn't need it. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, I think needs this boost from the tournament. And this is an example of using a tournament. Well, right? Like you don't yeah. need jungle boy to win this bloody tournament. You don't need him to do well in this tournament. He can just have a bad night. Keep being the star that they've slowly been working and building in him. And now we have, you know, Kyle O'Reilly actually get some shine that he deserves. Yes. And then that's the whole conversation that kind of centered around this jungle boy versus Kyle O'Reilly match was that Kyle O'Reilly's a tag team wrestler. Why does he need the victory? Jungle Boy is the singles breakout star from his tag team. Granted, they're the champions. How do, you know, why would it make sense for Kyle O'Reilly to get the win? But as the Owen starts to build and we see that the Undisputed leaders are going to be a major factor in the Owen, uh, it kind of makes sense, right? We're going to see that kind of play out, right? Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly's tag team partner is also a 300-year-old man. So I think maybe he should start looking towards the future. <laughs> Uh, the future. There are there are fewer days in front of him than there are behind him, <laughs> which is amazing because that car he's driving is probably about the same age as he is. Yeah, probably seventy-seven. Uh, speaking of things that don't make sense, and seventy-seven-year-old men, uh, MJF hands a giant wad of cash to uh, to to Jake Roberts and says, "I want the Murder Hawk to beat Wardlow," and Jake is like. I don't care about money. I can't do it. No, no, Jake, Jake, Jake was like, I care about money. Mm. I don't care about titles and, and chasing women. And so, yeah, and, chasing women. You know, like, and it was like, I, I thought this was actually a pretty good promo by Jake Roberts. It was interesting. It was old man promo, but it was, it was different. It was interesting. And he, you know, he's like, I'm about that paper. Uh, and then Lance Archer comes in like a giant moron and says, I don't want your money. I just want to wrestle this guy. I don't even have any issues with. Yes, I'm a that's big the one. bloody idiot. And then on Friday, he beats up Serpentico. I'm sorry, Serpentico. Which was, oh man, I started following Serpentico on, on Twitter. Best follow. So good. Love him. He's entertaining. He's I love him. Nice guy too. It, the whole week has been him being like, I'm going to die. How do I call in sick for work? How do I escape? It's good stuff. And, uh, and yeah. streaming, which he's into now, I guess. But anyway. Yeah. Post-pandemic, we all need to stream more. Uh, Hook has his Dynamite debut. It's a fine match. Beats <gasps> Anthony Henry. I love Hook. Nothing to add. 
It's so good. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Honestly, Hook has been handled so perfectly. I, I don't think I've ever seen a young, pr uh, promising talent handled as well as AEW has been handling it. We're going to talk more about the whole meme wrestler thing because Hook obviously follows into that territory along with his next opponent, Danhausen, and yep. potential tag team partner, Wink Wink Nudge Nudge. Oh, God, uh, no. Oh, yes, no, sir. No, Hookhausen, no. we're on. It's been going so good. Oh, we're doing it. Uh, anyway, we'll, somewhere it is pro wrestling. We'll get to the meme stuff in a minute. Uh, but let's, let's talk about the bad. Let's get right to it. Sammy Guevara, Ty Conchi. They cut the promo. They're, they're, I guess they're leaning into the heel thing. I, I don't know who's what. And Scorpio Skies made good with Kazarian. Like, what? <laughs> who's the bad guy? Dan Lambert's still world. cutting the same stupid promo. So, like, nothing's changed there. We live in a world where Dan Lambert is the de facto face and he's still making Pound Town references. Nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel, but because it's Sammy Guevara. And because uh, Sammy Guevara is TNT champion uh, and because Sammy Guevara's contract dictates that he has a ladder match once every two months, uh, we're going to do that next week on Dynamite. We just did the Texas, we talked about the Texas death match thing and we were like, please, for the love of God, stop repeating this. And now we're doing another ladder match three months after who, we did. Who, who's the Shawn Michaels backstage at uh, AEW? Like somebody's doing apparently, this. Well, apparently if you blame Jerry Lynn for something, they immediately come after you and say, it's not Jerry Lynn. So it's, it's never be, Jerry Lynn. I'm just going to blame Arn Anderson for everything. That's what I've started doing. Yeah. Noted ladder match guy, Arn Anderson. <laughs> Arn Anderson, ladder match aficionado. He's just sitting there being like, what if both men climb the ladder to get the championship? And then TK's like, I, I guess I love it. He's, you know what? It's probably just him clamoring for the things that he can't do. So he, he's just like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I, I would like to see other people do things that I, I am impressed by because I myself cannot do that. You know what it is? It's because Arn Anderson has been doing so much work on his home lately that he's just like, so excited about ladder shopping and like climbing. Like, Ladders ah, are. Ladders are expensive. You know what? He's probably buying the surplus at the end of these and just like, you know, able to work on his roof because they're not but cheap. Like, There's like a couple hundred. But bucks. He's, com he's coming to work every week and just being like, I cleaned the gutters on my ladder off my ladder last week. And uh, I think maybe we should have a ladder match. And then TK is just like, that's a great idea. But I think we just did one of these like three weeks ago. But it was an exhilarating experience. I was up on the ladder and I was cleaning the gutter. And I got just so, felt so alive. Yeah. I was so alive. I don't know why he sounds like that in my brain. <laughs> he sounds like a normal man. He's very he just, normal. I don't know why. I don't know. He's got a southern accent and I'm Canadian. Oh, so what do I know? So, anyway, I miss when he was yelling at Cody. That was the highlight of Cody's entire AEW run. It really was being yelled at and then a ladder match. <laughs> and then that ladder match. And he, you know, he's been doing good. Anyway, we'll get to Cody. We'll get to it. Brett Baker, Danielle Camella. Uh, I was so... Was, I, whatever it was. Yeah, Danielle that Camella promo, came out and I was like, wait, why is she being mean? And I was like, oh yeah, we're in Pittsburgh. Yes. Okay. She hates so Pittsburgh, that. but she is from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Big shout out to... Uh, what's her face? What's his face? Uh, Justin Roberts, who is billed from Scottsdale. So he did the beautiful Scottsdale. Never heard anything about Arizona being beautiful. Never been. Phoenix Can't was okay. speak to myself, but eh. it's all right. Yeah. Did the thing. Anyway, she lost the match to DMD. DMD then cut a promo while she was a little winded. Bit oh my God. Not, I feel bad for a, her. That was tough. Not a, not a great promo. Not I mean, she was, promo. it 
was not i i blame booking on that like i there was no need for that to be in the oh yeah i guess no it makes sense they had to do it there maybe just give her a minute <laughs> or book a lighter well, like, match like a squash or something. i don't know what happened i mean also like she's at home she wants to uh impress people she's probably very yeah. excited so like i understand why you might be a little more gassed than normal after a match like that it was just Man, the promo was also just the content of the promo was just not great. She's yeah, got to reestablish herself. Yeah. It feels like she's not telling you whether she's a face or a heel. She's not giving you any indication. Hometown, not what the place to figure that out, I guess. Like, you know. But if you've made the decision that she's going to be a face moving forward, then the hometown is a perfect place to do it. Yeah. They just didn't. I, I just I think I just expected a little bit more. Um, but I really got my my hands full with this coffin match with Darby Allen and Andrade. <laughs> And Sting. <laughs> what was that? And Sting. They needed and to Sting. show Sting. And Sting was there, and, and Mark Quinn was there, and the Blade was there, and uh, jo Jonathan, no, what's his name? The, uh, the assistant, Jose. Jose. Jose, the Jose assistant looking there. good, damn. He always looks good. Everyone no. figures it out. It's because the jacket that. usually hides, but, you know, with that black shirt. Well, you know what? Jose doesn't need the jacket because his jacket time is over. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, Darby Allen wins the coffin match as expected. I wanted Andrade I to win. I kind of glazed over it. Like, and it was a good match. I just don't care about it. I don't think it matches. was that great of a match. I don't was it? Because I didn't want it. It was on, but I think I was elsewhere just spiritually, you know? It just felt like a sprint, and it felt like we needed to get Sting in there to do the wacky take off the mask to reveal it's Sting wearing they, the did face they, paint. They, did they do that spot again? You bet they did. That's how they introduced Sting. I didn't. And then I they didn't. had him jump off the vomitorium onto everyone in the bag. It was, it was what it was. But I was just kind of sitting there. And you know what the worst part is? At the end of the show, and I don't know if you caught this because I don't know if you watched to the very end of the show. The Hardys came out. No, what? <laughs> so, so I'm listening to Wade Keller and his post show. And, and I tend to listen to Wade after his post shows are, are entertaining. And he brought up the fact that the Hardys came out at the end. And his co-host was like, wait, what? <laughs> and then other callers were like, wait, the Hardys came out at the end of the show? Yeah, the Hardys came out. They, they do the delete and they clap their hands and then that's it. And they're not on Rampage. <laughs> they just showed up. Yeah, I missed that entirely. So did most people because it happened at like 10.58 p.m. Eastern and the show went off the air at 10.59. It was not, it was, it was some, I don't know what they thought that was going to, uh, going to help. Is this feud over now, please? I think we're going to transfer our feud over to eventually the Hardys and Darby and Sting. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do that. It's fine by me. I mean, listen, yeah, okay, if it, if it turns that, into I just, a fun I, I match. I Andrade out of this. <laughs> I wanted Andrade to win and start moving towards the TNT title. Agreed. Why aren't we but doing because that? It's a coffin. Well, because it's a coffin match, you got to have Darby oh, win Darby's his Darby's got to win his coffin match. Dork. And before anyone is just like, The Undertaker in his coffin match. No, The Undertaker lost a ton of coffin matches. Yeah. That was the worst. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't... Man, Darby's a dork. <laughs> Darby is a dork. But you know who's not a dork? You. When you leave us a thumbs up here on this video on youtube.com slash fightful overbooked. I thought you meant me specifically because I, I also am I'm kind of a dork. <laughs> oh, you're my favorite dork. So it's okay. We do this every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, do yeah. this every week, Sundays, noon Eastern, here on Fightful Overbooked. Uh, so, okay. What else? Was there anything from, from Rampage? Oh, I guess we got to talk about uh, Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston. 
had a really good match on Rampage. Um, very enjoyable, just a good beatdown match. Eddie Kingston getting the win, and then afterwards taking off his belt and being like, this one's for Jericho. Smack. Yes. And that was it. I mean, that's what you do when you're when you're a father and you have to discipline your 23-year-old child who's out of line. You got to take off your belt, right? What state were they in? I feel like that varies by state. They were in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's probably fine. <laughs> Anybody know Pennsylvania law in the chat? Is it legal for, for you to take off your belt and whip a 23-year-old child if it's not your child? I got people listening upstairs who are like, what the hell are they talking yeah, about? <laughs> Good. Anyway, uh, ah! and now we lose camera. That's what we do. All right. Anyway, back. so Jericho's saving. Wow. Kingston is saving his whooping for Jericho. Good stuff. Good. 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 Uh, Jamie Hader, Tony Storm, Britt Baker in the backstage. I have to say it. I did not like the Tony Storm promo. Didn't do anything for me. Did not. Like, aside from being AEW Women's Champion, Britt, what have you ever done? Have you ever left Pittsburgh? Do you know who I am? Or what I've done? Or anything? Apparently not. Jamie Hayter, I'll see you in the first round. And I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for Storm to be like, do you know nothing of my work? And then just walk off. But at least Jamie Hayter said something like, oh, she leaves, that's just her thing. That made me cackle. But other than that, the per- like, this did nothing for me. Anything to add? No, I'm a huge Jamie Hader fan. Like through the work that she has done, that I have seen on AEW programming, she's been excellent. Great at selling, great at wrestling, decent promos. Like I'm more into her than I am into Tony Storm. And I watched Tony Storm in NXT and you know the brief WWE stuff. I don't know anything else. I don't know her from anywhere else. Like I don't know where she's been or what she did. Like I don't know. But I'm I'm about to find out if I'm even into Tony Storm at all. Because right now, no reason to be. And like I'm sure people are sitting there yelling at their screens, being like, ah, the pie promo. She tossed up pie. Dude, I laughed at the pie thing. But the point is, like, if they're trying to present tony storm as this serious competitor maybe just saying do you know who i am isn't the way to do it it's not exactly i don't i literally don't like i watched her in nxt and i never learned who she was she was a phony 80s enthusiast with her packaging there like and she had okay matches like i I don't know like nothing stands out i don't remember anything special so and and before someone in the comments goes like oh well she was here she was gold pro Gold Coast Pro Champion, and she did this, and she did that. That's great. That's cool. I'm not going back to watch that. Like, but you, Mister or Mrs. Commenter, or whatever your pronouns may be, your commenting what she's done is not doing the job the commentary should be doing. Mm-hmm. They should be putting over what she has done, or Tony herself should be putting over what she has done to become a star, to become a member of the roster like she's wrestled on some like she's done some dark stuff and dark elevation i assume since coming back uh wrong question for me because i don't yeah, watch either we show. don't watch it either way like what she should have been doing the last month is just pumping out a highlight reel so that they, they can put together a package and show me because i haven't you know i don't watch those uh i could use a, a quick display of her capabilities because i i don't know i don't know what her yeah. finisher is i don't know what her signature moves are like i don't know 
You know what? And so I see it in the chat. I see someone's mentioning NXT UK for for Tony. Now I know AEW is not going to do that, and I know I just did a whole. Thing no, they can't. Like, yeah, that's why like, I'm saying I, dark, I, and you know, you can't yeah. show all the good stuff she's done elsewhere, which is a shame. But, but yeah, but I'll throw it out there because there are people listening to the show who maybe don't uh, follow all these companies or are maybe trying to get a good look at Tony Storm. So I will toss out there what what Mick is saying in the chat and brings up NXT UK. So when she when Tony was in XT UK, she absolutely did a wonderful job. And you should go and take a look at her matches from there. And then I think it's a good starting point if you want to go backwards in her career trajectory so far. Um, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. There's, again, I like her as a wrestler. I just did not enjoy the promo whatsoever from this week on, on Rampage. I'm hope like I really want this to be a, a like a turnout match because I like I love Jamie Hayter. So I think that the two of them, hopefully they can go and put on something special. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that hook promo. First of all, <laughs> they just they cut to them to, to Lexi Nair and Hook standing there outside the doors. Like doors are closed. It's a very set up shot. They're not walking. It was just very set up. And they I walked there quick like, enough. I was, you know, no, they didn't. There was a good I, beat I where I was there. like, they're just standing there. See, I I, just, I I watched it on the on Twitter <laughs> as a separate well cut segment. So yeah, no, when you watch it, it on the TV, it's not yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, they and then and then Lexi's trying to talk to, to to Hook and get him to say something, and then they turn the corner and Danhausen's there with a bag of lace chips. Uh, probably bought them stomping for a dollar, and he's stomping on them. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you like these chips? Ah, you like your and, power chips?" Yeah, and then Hook gets Danhausen up against the wall, says some shit. Uh, he says, "You my have attention. my attention. You have it now." And he's got a deep ass voice, and he's the coolest son of a bitch in the world. I was kind of hoping that his voice would be like, "You have my attention." but not the case uh meme wrestlers tim let's talk about it real quick dan hasn't works hook works when we talk about wwe i think there's a case to say that butch is starting to really work madcap moss has gotten over mm-hmm. tony d'angelo mm-hmm. to a certain degree lash legend there's eh. <laughs> I said a certain degree. I didn't say fully. Uh, Nikita Lions more than Tash Legends. Yeah. That's a good point. There, a lot of these meme wrestlers come out, and the first thing we ask is, are we being serious about the fandom, or are we just trying to, to mess with you know, the, the expectations of wrestling fans or, or of the companies that are pushing them? I mean, Hook turned out to be a good wrestler. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's just been handled really, really well, right? Like they didn't put him again. He, they made sure that the people he, he worked with, he had chemistry with when he is now they're get, moving him on to some squashes so that, you know, they can just show he's a dominant force. Uh, music fits, look fits. Like it's all very, very well curated. Like I think Taz and, and Taz and Hook work together to make something really special. And like, it's, it's just a lot of thought put into it. Like when you put a lot of thought into something, it works. And like this hook Danhausen thing works because you're seeing a little bit more of hook uh, in a way that is interesting. You know, he's going over Danhausen. It's a good person to give you a first feud without really threatening that dominant force. Right. Like you're and you're contrasting his character, right? Like you have a very serious guy versus <laughs> a cartoon character. I, I think it's interesting. Um, I just think they've managed him really, really well. And that's what it is. When you have characters who you've put a lot of thought into, like Danhausen, who clearly, like, it's a simple gimmick, but there's so much deep thought that, I, I don't know the guy's name, whoever has realized Danhausen, has created a character that, like, transcends wrestling. It, it's very interesting. And it's good. And I think, and, and people are coming into this, to the chat and bringing up other people, uh, and they're more comedy wrestlers than meme. When we say meme, we're talking about, like, these they just get picked up by by the social media people and like pushed as like they must be incredible tony d'angelo was a meme wrestler like yeah because they just so they find over a, the top you find a thing that is like gifable that 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 sticks out to people like ria now it's the troll one it was the troll face now it's yeah. the the pin like you know she's just finding these things anything anything to get people talking about you both good and bad like really does work in wrestling like it, it, it is any press is good press in terms of pro wrestling because it's so outlandish that you can do whatever and it is fine because the name of the game is attention and it doesn't really matter how they get there. You're seeing that. You still have Dan Lambert on the damn TV every week. Like, and that's not, but it is what it is. And look how Cody turned out. Like, all it takes is attention and it, it doesn't matter if they love you or they hate you. I mean, all it took for Cody was a giant neck tattoo. Let's face it. That it, it, it didn't hurt. A neck tattoo and then his dog freaking out over the pyro. Oh, my God. That poor I felt bad for that dog. Yeah. I mean, Cody made a look, anyway. And, and then you look, you know, we talked about Nikita Lyons, who clearly has uh, the meme thing going for her right now. And on top of that, you've got the guys at NXT on commentary just really hitting it over the head. Like, take out your phones. Nikita Lyons is up next. And I'm like, oh, they know. They all know. And, of course, they all know because it's social media. And people are absolute monsters on social media. Well, you have to find – yeah, but it's about standing out, right? Like, there, there's nothing – you know, we're getting a Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm match. And it's like, why is that match happening? You know why. Like, it's because <laughs> – You know why. It's because of – like, you just need to find a way to stand out amongst what is a ton of noise, Right. Um, and it's little things and it's tough to predict what's going to hit, but you know, when you find something, you have to lean into it. And if you, and if you don't, if you kind of refuse to play along with it, it doesn't work out for you. Like if you just want to shut like Cody, not turn and heal, like I got to say, I don't know. It's hard to say that that's a bad example, but like you got to lean into it. There's no other way around it. On the WWE side of things, you know, a lot of people shat on the Butch thing. They they didn't like the name change. They didn't like what he was doing with Sheamus and Rich Holland. And now look at it. He yeah. turned, 
he turned it in. Listen, is, is it a comedy bit? Sure, whatever. Is this is that what WWE is? It's sometimes it's a lot of comedy, sometimes it's just a lot of entertaining bullshit. Absolutely. But I'm entertained as hell watching Butch every week, by the way, on TV every week means something. And for him to show up, have a good match against Xavier Woods, and then look like an absolute insane human being as he jumps through the crowd and runs out like a feral dog. That's great. Yeah. Like that. And that's the gimmick, right? Like he, he got that gifable moment. He did that beautiful table slide, just a bit of physical comedy with Xavier Woods and like, I'm really oh, into it now so just good. for that, just for that. Now I'm paying attention. And here's the thing being a comedy comedy gimmick in wrestling doesn't doom you to that forever. Like Isaac Yankum didn't exactly stay Dr. Isaac Yankum for his entire career. Like even orange Cassidy right now, you could say he's a comedy gimmick and can, they've still yeah, given him is. serious roles from time to time. Is it, it, does he become super serious? No, but then you see he has, a, a match with Adam Cole, let's say, in an unsanctioned match. And what's the first thing that Orange Cassidy does? Takes off the sunglasses, splits them in half, and beats the shit out of Adam Cole. It yep. becomes a, a it becomes a real emotional match. It's not just rooted in comedy. Taro Yano is the only person I can think of from New Japan Pro Wrestling who will stay as a comedy act forever, and it'll still be fine. Yeah, yeah. And there's some guys who, like, that's what they want to do, right? Like, they're comedians more than... Like, Sami Zayn, I think, is more of a comedian. He's not chasing titles, and he doesn't care. Like, I think he's happy doing the work that he's doing, because it's very valuable in terms of, like, putting together a whole show. Like, you have to have these bits. If, I don't want to watch all serious wrestling, like... It, no, because here's the thing. Most of them can't write drama for crap. Like, you get garbage, like, control your narrative. <laughs> like, it doesn't it doesn't transition into a, a, a serious medium very well because it's just not very serious. So, like, I love the comedy bits. Again, it doesn't pigeonhole you, and it shows versatility. Like, if you, like, when you look at a guy like Orange Cassidy, when you go serious, it actually matters and feels like something because you're a laid-back, chill dude most of the time. And so you can move up and down the card as necessary because you can't stay at the top forever. Like, not everyone gets to be Triple H, right? No, but you know what? I have a feeling that we can still see. Oh, uh, yeah. There it is. Intercontinental Champion Madcap Moss. That's what we're all here for. It's the champion that you need and the champion that you want. Intercontinental Champion and Breakdancing Superstar Madcap Moss. God. It's coming. I don't know if he's going to keep Madcap name the whole time but it, he's he's a future star like they they are very does, behind him and he's he's he, done well does he keep the suspenders i think he should he looks great in them. i do too suspenders and a belt that man's yeah. keeping his pants up all the time ain't going nowhere no ass crack from this guy no this guy's gonna keep everything in the way it should it's 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 all packed in tight sorry put together gonna, sorry it's well, well put together that's right let's move on what do you want to do what do you want to do you want to talk about smackdown yeah, all five minutes of its usefulness. Breeze through it. Butch was funny. Good stuff. They can't find Butch. Um, Charlotte Ronda was awful. They really can't do well with uh, contract signings. Eh? They just they struggle, the two of them, when a table's between them. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like that they brought out the kendo stick. I do like that Drew Gulak came out and did the thing. Drew, yeah, yeah, that was that was good. Everything that wasn't Charlotte and, Charlotte and Ronda in that segment, I was okay with. But I really, you know what? Like, I just loved Charlotte going back and yelling, I beat you at WrestleMania. I beat you. Like, being an obnoxious, total prick. And then you had, like, and I don't have my microphone, so I can't really modulate as much. But, like, 
we you, you had Ronda Rousey just being like, real tough puck coming from someone picking on an intern. I couldn't mean there's no referee to step in and stop the match. No ref's going to pull you off me. No ref's going to stop me. I spread no humiliation when you say I quit. And again, absolutely no, no feeling. Nothing. It's, fun. it's funny because the writing for that was actually not totally garbage, but the delivery was just so, so cruel. <laughs> the librarian returns, Ronda yeah, Rousey. Yeah, it's a shame. I feel for the writer. By the way, Mamakovsky, thank you for the super chat saying, stop blinding my eyes, Joel. What is it? What is it? Is it is it the breakdancing? Is it the breakdancing that does it to you? It's definitely I don't know. the breakdancing. Or it could be the, the prophecy. Oh, it will be foretold. The prophecy will. Especially although although Ricochet, Ricochet is getting that love. He's hanging out with Aaliyah. Uh, he's facing Shanky. They're pushing Ricochet. They have an idea. But, but did you notice that every single person, minus one or two, that Aaliyah brought up that Ricochet is defeated? So is Madcap Boss. I didn't notice that. All right, never mind. <laughs> future Intercontinental future. Listen, there's only so many people on the roster. Future Intercontinental Champion Mad Cat Moss. <sighs> what else was there from from this show? Um, I I just pulled open the exact wrong report, like the wrong the wrong numbers. So I'm really funny. good like that. Um, yeah. what did happen, man? Uh, Lumberjack match let's spend the week doing the same thing we did last week. I hate lumberjack matches, man. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know what? So let's, uh, okay. The lumberjack match was whatever. When I saw yeah, it, yeah. it was like everyone who's in a feud with everyone. That was kind of silly. Like I, it's like, Oh, we all know that this is going to, you know, devolve into devolve, a fight yeah. and Sammy is going to escape. And now we're going to do a cage match next week on SmackDown air quotes. It already happened. Um, but what I did like, this is what I did like. Sami Zayn going to Roman Reigns' yes, room. yeah, I also and yeah, Sami Zayn being the guy to bridge the gap between the inevitable Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre match. That's what we're doing right now. Exactly, that's Sami's Sam, versatility. He's so useful. So, like, yeah, you're going to get consistent work and consistent featuring because like yeah he him just being the guy that he is this makes narrative sense he's the right guy to do it it's great and like i'm glad that this is a, an elegant transition which does not happen always so yeah and so i am going to enjoy the uh the connection i think that i think the connection starts very 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 soon um but we're clearly going towards uh drew mcintyre and roman reigns and i'm fine with that same. People have been waiting for that ever since the Survivor Series match, where it wasn't a title match, but now they have a different story to tell with Roman and Drew. Yep, I, I really enjoyed that segment. And again, the match itself, don't care. It's not going to do much for me. Um, the steel cage match might. I saw the way that they taped everything. It feels like they taped everything out of order, but that's on you guys to go and check out spoilers if you want, or you'll find out on Friday when they air SmackDown. I think they taped things out of order to keep the crowd there because they taped two shows in a row. So they kept the hottest matches at the top and then just got, yeah, they did yeah. it like Saturday night's main event would have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, the cage match could be good. Cause you know, Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre can't go wrong in my book. Uh, cage match is fine. Kind of knew it was coming this way. I think it'd be really funny if Sammy just escapes the cage and then they do a hell in a cell on TV. <laughs> Papa rating. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Hell in a cell's in June. So you got to give it some time. No, no, no. They're not even about that. They'll throw it on TV. They did that last year, right? They That's had true. Two. Well, that was that was to appease people. Uh, Matt Mikoski with the super chat. He asked, why is Drew and Roman a backlash feud? It's not. 
It's uh, they're really just starting to plant. Yeah, the seeds. I think we're too. Yeah, I don't know that we'll even get that that match on backlash. It's hard to say now it's because not... the economics of this has changed so much. So it's 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 a weird, like we're saying put them on pay-per-views but like the pay-per-views don't matter to them anymore like they don't well, make the money so this pay-per-view doesn't matter this one certainly let, let's this one doesn't. this one let never them, has <laughs> doesn't matter so it, backlash has never been like this huge massive gotta see a pay-per-view um yeah. but i will say this drew roman is not a backlash feud the the no. feud for roman is nakamura at backlash if they do it that way yeah nakamura being off tv the last two weeks kind of stupid but for Drew and Roman, we're starting to plant the seeds for down the line for, I'm saying, the UK show or maybe SummerSlam. Yeah, I want to point out uh, Jinder and Shanky were beating up Drew at the end of the Lumberjack match. So I think mm -hmm. we're getting, you know, you, you don't need to go right there. This is planting the seeds for like a longer story that they're going to tell. Uh, you might see like Drew, J Drew Jinder again or something like that in the meantime, but we'll see. Yeah, we will. Uh, we talked about Butch and Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods got the win with the Backwoods, which is a ridiculous name for a finish. But I Good match. Thanks. Thanks for this, uh, Xavier. <laughs> and by the way, with Butch, like, you know, in socials, WWE socials, when they have their like entire force behind you and they're putting out stupid things like, where's so Butch? many? Like, <laughs> like, come on. They're clearly they're clearly doing things. They're pleased with him. Way. Like they're pleased they're with pleased. what he's doing. They're happy with how it's going, and I think it's good. I think it's a good introduction to Pete Dunn. Like I, you know, he's a smaller guy. Vince McMahon isn't going to treat him like he's, you know, a behemoth. He can get there though, and he's he's taking advantage of what he's been given for now. It will evolve. It really feels like the Butch thing. Well, first of all, people, I, I think people need to understand that that Pete Dunn in WWE may have been more serious. But he wasn't always fully serious on the indies either. Yeah, he had a, he had a full tag team with a girl who's now in NXT UK, where like he hated being in the tag team with her, but she <laughs> was like best. She thought they were best friends. Yeah, it's yeah. good, you know. And like, and he would come out and he would try to be serious, but like, it it would be this whole thing. So like, Pete Dunne is a comedy character. Like he can do acting in the comedy world. Uh, and this is working for him, so why not? He's enjoying himself, clearly, because it's absolutely ridiculous, and he's playing into it. I'm digging it. Gunter beats Teddy Goods. This The star of this match is Pat McAfee, by the way. Yeah. Says that Teddy Goods went, won a 100-man battle royal <laughs> to get there. That uh, Teddy Goods is, like, the best of Albany. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and then afterwards, he, he called him Theodore, which just that just pops me tremendously. Just yeah. Theodore Goods. Gunter gets fun. Yeah. We're looking at future Intercontinental Champion Gunter. At some point, I don't know. I down the road, it, it felt very lifeless. This whole thing. Minus Pat. I didn't McAfee. really love it. Like, yeah, exactly. It just happened. It's a beatdown. It's a squash match. That's they're just yeah, slowly showing Gunther strong. Yep. Banks and Naomi are going to put up the tag titles eventually, and it's probably going to be against Shayna Baszler. Yeah, <laughs> Natty. Natty is all over your TV. You think she was the tag team champion? But she is everywhere. She's on NXT. She's on SmackDown. Uh, she's going to be on Raw this week. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe she's going to be the next uh, women's champion. Maybe she's going to come out and cost Bianca Belair the title. And then it's going to oh, be Natty no. versus, uh, versus uh, what's her Sonya face? Deville? From Sonya Deville. Let's do it. Yeah. No. No? No. Okay, well, I tried. Is that it for SmackDown? That really mattered? I don't think anything. Oh, oh, you want Lacey Evans. Let's go. Oh, I didn't want to talk about that. Oh, no, I'm not a fan. I'm, just, I'm not a fan. Uh, I know, I know. You I'm love trying Lacey to, Evans. I'm trying to do this delicately. 
Um, I like Lacey Evans as the wrestler. Uh, I don't. This is not inspirational to me. This is sad. Uh, I don't want to watch this in pro wrestling because I think it's a bad vehicle for talking about real dark truths. Uh, the way I'll put it is very simple. You, you've done this promo three times now. It's been a very similar promo. It's a lot of, I get the, the dark truth thing, but at the it's same like time. It's like poverty porn and I, it, it makes me sad. It, and it's trauma porn. Yeah, it talks about the, it. Yeah. And on top of it, um, I don't need every single confessional video to start with. Here goes. Yeah. And it's like, I understand that this is a, a this is tough to talk about. It always will be, but in the, in the world of WWE, just repeating, it just, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. And by, I think by the time they get her back in the ring, you'll have diminishing returns. Yeah. Cause where does this go in a wrestling ring? Where, where yeah. does this go when she's wrestling cartoon characters and like. <gasps> when she wrestles Xia Lee. Exa that's exactly where my mind went. I was trying to put together a joke, but I just shut down. <laughs> but yeah. Tim, the long-term storytelling of Xia Lee. There's no where more... were you to protect me, Xia Lee? <laughs> there's no more people to protect. So clearly long-term oh, she... storytelling. She found someone though. Tag team. Ooh. <laughs> Lacey and Xia Lee. We're gonna get over our xenophobic differences. Oh man, little marine girl and and Zia Lee. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And you know what? I see it in the chat. Lacey will end up being a heel with this character, and I but think like, they're just did... gonna turn her back. And then boom, you've shown that. Oh my god, pro wrestling is not the right forum to talk about things like this. Yeah, exactly. Put Lacey and Raquel together. There you go. That'll that'll be the team. So Zia Lee does this whole thing on on SmackDown where she's like, "I have no one left to protect." No one needs protecting, so I'm going to beat the shit out of everyone else. And I'm like, well, I think we kind of saw this coming. That's good and Why dead real to... quick. Does I she mean, still get the not... lightning bolts, though, do you think? God, I hope so. That really made the whole presentation. That's so bad. So I made the joke a minute ago about long-term storytelling, and uh, clearly Xylee is not a long-term storytelling no. thing. And what else? What isn't a long-term storytelling thing has been the Julia Hart story in AEW. People were kind of trying to say, oh, this whole House of Black, uh, Julia Hart thing is long-term story. It's not. It's just drawing out a story. Same thing with Sheeta and, and Serena Deeb. Just because you're finally having a street fight after you brought her back the rampage before the last pay-per-view, that's not long-term storytelling because you didn't do anything with it on the way. You just had a vignette. Yeah, things should grow and evolve every week. Uh, if you do the same thing every week, you're not telling a story. You're, yeah, you're showing uh, just a little tableau like of the same thing, reminding yeah. me that they're there rather than advancing the story. And so with Julia Hart, I get, I understand that on Dark or Dark Elevation, she's cheating to win. She's doing things a little more heelish, and I get it. No one's told but... me that. <laughs> like, I, I don't know nope. that from 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 Dynamite or Rampage. So yeah, the the synergy between shows and the and the shoulder content isn't always there, especially when it comes to the women's division, and that needs to be something that is worked out. And and I see it in the chat. You're prolonging the confrontation. That's not long-term storytelling. Yeah, I'll give is. you long-term storytelling. Last night, someone in the chat did we asked, did we watch Rebellion? I did watch Impact Rebellion. And the main event of that show was Moose versus Josh Alexander. That was long-term storytelling across multiple platforms. And Impact did a great job of telling that story. Because at one point, Josh, so remember, this was back in October. Moose wins the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. 
And then Moose cashes in the same night that Josh Alexander beats Christian Cage to win the Impact title. Moose is world champion at the end of of um, Bound for Glory. In and October. everyone's mad because and everyone's mad. That's and the goal. I, exactly. Everyone react to this to that that whole thing, and I got it. Um, and then I said maybe they'll just play it out until Slammiversary, which is in July. And I'm like, that's a long time from now. But instead, they pulled the trigger at Rebellion. They had Josh versus Moose uh, in the main event last night. And Josh Alexander won in an excellent match that I do recommend people go out and check out because they, they really went hard. They had a really good match. And the storytelling was really, really well done. But leading up to this match, you had the story of Josh having to beat a bunch of random old names you had Josh confronting the authority figure, Scott Demore, and Scott Demore sending him home. And then you had Moose also racking up victories on his side as the champion, cheating to win, solidifying himself as a heel. And then Josh coming back, signing that contract and saying that he is a full-time impact wrestler and that he has the main event at Rebellion versus Moose. And then you had Moose show up at Destiny Wrestling in Mississauga, where he uh, Josh was the, is the Destiny champion, and you had Moose show up at the end of a Destiny championship match and spear Josh Alexander's wife. Like again, there was, and, and Impact showed all this stuff along the way on yeah. the TV. Yeah. That's long term storytelling, and that's and that's a good example of it because more or less it's it's like a little bit of a twisted hero's journey. Like it's not it's not rocket science. Like just put together it's some not. stuff, have the guy go through some 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 things, <laughs> like. There, there are so many good matches from that Impact show. I do recommend people go out and watch it. It was a really fun, really fun show. Uh, and then the the X Division Triple Threat match is worth watching. Go out, watch the show. Impact is is continuing to entertain me. I know we said offline that uh, the commentary team for Impact is Ooh. much better than most tech, most so commentary good. teams there. It's good stuff. Um, you want to touch on anything from Raw? I know the 24-7 wedding was absolutely top of our list because we called it a month ago. Yeah, the execution ended up being it had a, it had weird moments that I was just like, I don't know what to take from this. So I'm just gonna yes. not think too deeply on this bad. Anyway, Linda McMahon, garbage human. Yeah. Anyway, her being around this and how that some things in that wedding went kind of disappointing, but it is what it is. It's pro wrestling and it's the WWE. Um, the, I was entertained by it. I really was. It was it, so yeah, silly. Yeah, and so it had the, some very the good switcheroo, The switcheroo moments where they, they had the, the, the men switch and then the women switch. And then they set up the men and the men and the women and women. There was some funny shit in there. I liked it. It had its moments. Um, our truth star as always. Um, Absolutely. The standout lie detector. You really enjoyed it, eh? Loved it. Loved every second of it. Thought it was well. Look, and they transitioned to a match that was just fun. That wasn't like a a, a multi man tag match where you get a partner and you get a partner and we'll advance the feud that way. That wasn't uh let's have the match right now and we'll screw it up with a weird finish so that we can eventually do a blow off match at the pay per view. Like they just had Chad Gable versus Ezekiel. Which was a fine match. They'll, you know, they screwed up the end because God, of course, they will. But whatever, that's also fine because then we'll have, you know, Otis versus Ezekiel, and we're not going right to Kevin good. Owens. We're not going right to Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel, but we're still yep. telling that story. And they, like, this is what they used to do really, 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 really well. They found a character who, you know, has 
a character. So when they needed some guy to run the lie detector test, they're like, oh, let's use this guy who's not doing a deep think character. It's a character that's always been present in WWE, the nerd. Like, you know, you don't need to, it's not super hard to put this together. You just need to have actual characters that you can draw upon when you have a story that needs them. So now you shove in Chad Gable, who had no tie into this before, in a way that felt normal. And it was very funny. I really enjoyed the whole bit. Ezekiel's doing great. Love it better than Elias, which isn't much of a character. Like it wasn't, you know, there's not much you can tell with that character because, oh, there, I'm gone again. Oh, that was, that was, you wanted to speak with Zeke and he spoke too hard. And that's the thing, speak with Zeke. Oh, wonderful. Like that's wonderful a, time. Playing off of the, the pieces of a character that Elias was, but you can't really use like a guy play music. Like that's not deep enough. That's not an identity. Like, so now he's got a more interesting character. It's weird. It is weird. And then I liked it. Um, yeah. And then finally from Rob, the only thing I want to talk about is, uh, is the Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins stuff. Yeah. I, Cause that's the, I saw you know, a lot of people ended the show. So it did, it did. And, and it was a good through thread. Clearly Cody is the, the, the main character for raw and Seth Rollins is the main heel foil. That's great. I do like that the way that this story is being told is yes. Cody is back. People are cheering him and Seth hates that people are cheering for Cody and that Cody went a little too far in Seth's eyes to get more cheers than Cody. Sorry, Seth. Yeah. Seth, Cody went too far getting more cheers than Seth would want that. He was almost showboating quote unquote. So while I didn't love that Cody won via count outs in the main event, uh, I thought this one made sense, right? Because they at least gave a reason for Kevin Owens to walk out and, and for the, the friendship yes. to be a little bit fractured. Like it wasn't out of nowhere. Or yes. it wasn't just a heel's going to heal. Like, it was like, no, you call the man a fat ass and he's there doing you a favor. Like, screw That's you, true. buddy. Like, so, so I get that. And, and I agree with you there. What I, what I was saying, what I was going to say is what I do like is at the end of the night, Cody's on the ropes doing a celebration and Seth shoves him because he did the same thing that pissed him off at the beginning of the night. And that was showboating to the crowd, getting cheers, getting more cheers than Seth gets. And if that's going to be, you know the heel versus face dynamic, the 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 crazy ass heel who thinks he should be cheered and revered for his work, and the face getting the actual cheers because he's the good guy. That works for me. That's a good that's a good story for me. Look, so one Cody fits way better in WWE because he's anyway he's the way he is. I, I like, and I'm not a I'm not a huge Cody fan. Like that hasn't changed because he's shifted brands. I'm not one of the, you know I'm not marking out for any company. Um, you're not, no, I'm not, I don't give a, oh, okay. I, I'm oh, annoyed by both major companies more often than I enjoy this. Um, but like Cody fits way better here. It's much more WWE style because it's all show. It's all flash, right? You know, he comes out <laughs> with way too much bloody pro like pyro. It's just explosion, explosion, explosion. It's timed like crap when he's in the suit. It looks better when he comes out to actually wrestle um and you know he's putting on good matches with wwe because his style is better suited to their style like he's not it's also it's how he grew up he grew up yeah. in that tv style and he brought it to the other places he worked and he kind of got better with it in the other companies he worked with but at the end of the day his style is still a wwe to the camera tv style of match and it works for him and that's yes. great and like you know i ain't cheering him because i'm still not a cody fan because what the the thing that I read from him all the time is just phony. Like I don't, I don't really care about his baby face story. Like I want people to cheer him because, like you know, I'm I'm not always cheering for the 
the faces anyway. And I'm fine with that. It's just my own personal stuff I'm bringing to this. But it's just like, no, I don't give a crap that you, a second generation superstar, like I, one, no, you're, you didn't work harder than anybody. You had it easier than everyone. Um, you're a capable wrestler. You look like a tool because of the way you dress. Uh, you come out and you give the little belt to the kid. And he kisses it. <laughs> and I don't know if you caught this, but like the kid's dad is right next to them. Like, thanks, man. Tries to give him a high five and he just walks past because it's all show. Like he's not present when he's doing that. It's just, okay, he's doing the steps of his entrance. Like he's such a fake. <laughs> like he just, he wants everyone to love him. And it's like, you're kind of a douche. <laughs> he's, I think he very much um, wants the kids to have fun. I think he just, you know, I, like that's part of his gimmick. And, but it gets him over. He's, it's very political yeah, yeah, yeah. in nature, but like, you know, I see some things sometimes where someone posted on Twitter, how like I was excited to go to this AEW show uh, to go see Cody. And now Cody's not there, but he'll be in WWE, blah, blah, blah. Can I still get tickets? And I'm really just really dumbing it down, but Cody got him tickets to yes, uh, the yeah. AEW show. He does. No. Okay. And here that transitions to what I think he thinks his character is. He wants to be a baby face man of the people like his daddy was right. Yeah. But he's not a man of the people you were born into wrestling. Like it's just, it's not who you are. So like, you know, there are second generation or third. I don't know. Orton's third, right? Um, Orton is third. Yeah. So there are superstars like Orton who like are just themselves, like as character, you know, they'll elevate and change different things because they're still characters, but like, yeah. I don't begrudge them. They're born into it history because they're, they're not, you know, pretending they weren't. Whereas Cody is acting like he's this man of the people. And it's like, dude, you are not like, you're not, you, you, you were born into this industry. Like, stop. But he wants to dress like Uncle Sam and pretend that he's a the common working man because that's what his daddy was. But right, and he wants to be like his buddy. dad, and he was always very close to his dad. Exactly. So for him, like there is a tinge of reality about wanting to carry on his dad's legacy. But yes. you're right; he is not the son of a plumber. He's the son of the son of a plumber. Exactly. And his Which dad is like quite successful in wrestling. And I'm I'm fine with like him wanting that. It's just like he's leaned far too hard into that character for me to for him to win over me. But I'm one guy. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not saying to change it up. I'm just saying I think you're a I think you're a douchebag, and that's probably not going to change. Like again, fightfuloverbook.com. I am Agile Pearl J O E L P E A R L. Maybe it's your internet that's screwing up, and maybe you're just in time. Drop Did a thumbs up, happen? ladies. No, nothing happened. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, beyond the binary, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.